I have a survival guide to this busy season for you, and it's Pixello. Pixello is a mobile-friendly, all-in-one software that helps photographers get it done with one simple plan. Pixello wants to help you build a successful business all in one place. We all know the feeling of trying to find time to get everything done. Shoots, editing, finding time for your personal life. Well, Pixello is here to save your sanity this busy season. Pixello can help you with anything from business coaching to client booking, galleries, and more. Sign up for a free Pixello trial by using the link in the episode notes. That's P-I-C-S-E-L-L-O and use the link in the episode notes for a free trial of Pixello. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you quickly about my Black Friday sales happening this Friday. So starting on Thanksgiving Day at 8 p.m., I am going to be offering 40% off my presets, my brushes, my templates, all of those fun things, basically anything that's digital that I sell. Um, 20% off all of my merch. So that includes my new merch that I literally just dropped. And my back to the basics course is going to reopen on Friday. It's going to open for a discounted price. It's normally 12 payments of $95, but for Black Friday, it's going to be 12 payments of $75. So if you do the math, I think that's about $200 off my new course. So this sale starts on Thanksgiving day at 8 p.m. So on November 24th, 8 p.m. And it's going to end on November 25th at midnight Pacific Standard Time. So mark your calendars, get ready for the sale. I don't normally offer sales like this, so get excited. All right, that's enough talk about Black Friday. Let's get into today's episode. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity. No wisdom rushing in. So much clearer now. Getting a little bit higher. Step by tick, I'm getting good Getting a little bit better I'm climbing to the top Never gonna stop I'm getting good, oh shoot yeah. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot Today's gonna be a good episode um, I am chatting with Mila Holmes um, And it's it's gonna be good, she's like the queen of TikTok. I found Mila on TikTok um, and I follow her everywhere because of that. So Mila, say hi, tell everyone who you are and a little bit of what you do. Hi. So Mila Holmes, obviously. I uh, do like social media marketing, advertising, basically working with smaller businesses just to help them gain some exposure on different social platforms. Um, mainly all organic stuff. So I uh, get to get really creative on the social platforms, which is really fun. And for fun myself, I like to make content specifically on TikTok, just educating people on entrepreneurship, running your own business, just uh, freelancing, making money in different ways, and just making the best use of social media platforms, which open up so many opportunities for different people. So yeah, that's so cool. It's so amazing. Like what social media does for you. Like, I feel like there are just so many opportunities that come with social media that you don't realize. Yeah, it's insane. Just because of who you can get exposed to, you know. Like I don't, I can't think of any other time when we've had that opportunity to get exposed to so many different people, 
different walks of life. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, literally. So I would love for you to tell me the story of how you got started doing social media managing and just kind of like take me back to the beginning because I feel like that's an important groundwork for just understanding who you are. For sure. Um, Well, it all started in 2018. I was just out of high school and I had no money, but somehow I managed to buy a trip to Australia and like Europe. And I was going to do this like whole huge trip turning 18, you know, it was going to be like this amazing thing, but I had no money to support the actual trip. So I was trying to find some sort of job that would allow me to travel, make a little money here and there. Um, And I came across virtual assisting. My friend, she was actually a wedding photographer. She, uh, she needed someone to help her manage like books scheduling, just like manager honey book. Like it was all super basic stuff with like a tiny bit of social media management, not really any strategy, but like literally the most basic, just choose the images and post them. Um, so I started doing that the summer of 2018 to make some money and it was great. Like I loved how flexible it was. Like I was able to travel, I was able to do whatever I wanted and I can just work whenever I had the time, whenever I found Wi-Fi, it was perfect. Um, and she told her friends about me through like this Facebook group and their friends told their friends about me and it just kind of grew. Um, I had like a mixture of virtual assisting services and social media management services for a long time. And that, you know, eventually outgrew that just because of the workload. But um, social media spoke to me, I think, because of just you have to study so much psychology and you're able to get so creative with the stuff you make based off of what people like. It's like more I, I like to view it more as like creating content that will appeal to the masses rather than like worrying about the algorithm. Like You really have to figure out how people think what they like. And I love that aspect of it. So. I just switched over to only offering that and then it only grew from there. Wow. That's so cool. I feel like virtual assistants, like everyone needs a virtual assistant. I feel like every single virtual assistant I know is like completely booked out, yeah. like for obvious reasons. Like if you're good. <laughs> you're yeah, I mean, wedding photographers especially, like I know they love their virtual assistants. Oh yes, we do. There's we do much. love. Love a good VA. <laughs> Cool. So I want to talk to you, obviously, about social media. I mean, we have to. It's literally like we have to talk about it. Yeah. So um, I want to talk just briefly, like, about social media as a whole, and then we'll kind of dive into like specific platforms. Um, so I guess for someone that's listening, that's starting their social media from the ground up a photography mm-hmm. business or literally any business, what are some strategies that you would recommend for someone starting from point zero, like zero followers, zero, anything, Nothing. zero followers, zero, everything on social media, but an established business, right? Like yeah. that would be the, yeah, the ground. Okay. I think the strategies would revolve more around the self than they would about this around the social media. So it'd be developing the consistency because you'll need that foundation of consistency to then try to actually use strategies on social, if that makes sense. Okay. So like figuring out a schedule and sticking to that for a couple of weeks, usually like three to four weeks is what I suggest, making sure you can stick to it. Um, going through and kind of doing some self-reflection on exactly what you want um, your social media to be. It's almost like crafting an additional service if you're a service provider and if you sell a product, it's almost like creating a new product. Like what is the purpose of the social media platform you're using that account you're making and get really specific with it. Like you can even create a mission statement, a vision statement, um, lay down your core values for it, what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do. Everyone has like, for lack of a better word, their ics about social media, about what they don't like, what they don't like seeing. So write that down, define that, and basically set the foundation for what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And that will kind of like, it'll help keep you on the right track. Once you start gaining some traction, you'll know which strategies to follow, which ones to not. Um, and it also kind of like build a backbone on social media. A lot of people will start with stuff and they'll have like no idea what they're doing. So they'll just try a variety of different things and then it just confuses the audience. So it kind of lays that essential foundation. 
yeah, so I, I do that self-reflection, defining all of that, going through what content you already have that fits that, and then just starting to share that without overthinking. Overthinking is your worst enemy when you're doing any sort of social media. You just have to put it out there and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the consistency. So showing it like three to four times a week and like really sustaining that. Uh, and once you have that, then it's a piece of cake. Then you can start actually diving into the actual strategies of like the kind of content you're creating, how you're creating it, when you're posting it, what you're doing to differentiate it, and all of that. If you try to right. stop it, I think it might get overwhelming. Yeah. And I definitely feel like it varies brand to brand on like, like those little strategies. Like I think there's, I don't feel like there's one like strategy book for like everybody. Like, yeah, it's totally different per person. So I feel like just getting content out there and then you can go in and analyze it afterwards. Like you just, you can't be afraid to just get started. Like literally like Absolutely. And I'm sure like you've experienced this too, that there's some content that you would think would be like fun or fulfilling to make. And it's just like so draining. So Mm -hmm. just try different things and figure out what you actually like based off of like what you actually willing to put your energy into as well will help you build off of of your marketing on social, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because like you feel like, oh, I'll just make whatever videos perform well and that's it. But like there are some videos that I genuinely don't like making you know, like there are some like cringe type of things where I'm like, I'm sorry, like I'm not enjoying myself. Even if this does like pay off, like views wise, like me as a creator, like this just sucks. And I think, I think people can tell, like, I, I I feel that same way. And then like, I've sometimes gone through and asked people to like go through my content and do an audit. Um, and it's so obvious to people when you're like not enjoying yourself. And I think that's, it's, mm. I think social media changes a lot when you're a business. Like you have to put on kind of like this persona. And I think at least like last year or so, I've tried delving out of that. So like you just show up authentically, meaning you show up making only what you want to make. You talk about the things you want to talk about. You talk about what you're passionate about. And people tend to really love that because it just, it brings, I hate using the word authenticity because I feel like it's been so overused on Instagram and stuff, but it really brings that like authenticity to the table that helps keep you energized and it helps keep the viewer engaged and actually enjoying the content. Yeah, Totally. Um, I want to talk now about TikTok and Instagram, I think. I think we're just going to get into that. Um, I do want to ask you about like social media managing, kind of what that looks like. But I think we'll, since we're already talking about social media, I think we'll do that after. So um, let's start with Instagram. Um, I guess I feel like for Instagram, it's like, it's really tricky. Like I think a lot of people blame the algorithm on Instagram specifically. Yes. It's like this daunting, like villain is the algorithm. Um, so I guess what are some things that you would tell someone to beat the algorithm or like, just kind of like with that whole idea of the algorithm, just get rid of that mindset completely. For starters, if we're going to get super technical, there's not even a algorithm, there's multiple. So there's multiple algorithms running every part of social media and there is no beating it. I mean, it's a machine. You just have to I think humble yourself a little and remember that like the platform does not owe you a thing. Like the fact that you have access to a platform like that, with that kind of exposure is an amazing thing. So maybe focus on that instead of like thinking that the algorithm is out to get you. Um, And in my experience, if something is not working, it's usually because there's a disconnect between the creator and the audience. Like it's usually super simple. And the thing is people can't really see their content objectively, myself included. So like, that's one of the benefits of bringing on a social media manager that can come on and tell you like, Hey, this isn't working for you. Obviously this is probably why, or you might've never seen that because you're too emotionally attached to the idea of what you've been making for you know however long. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it has to be that willingness to try new things and see what does work. If the algorithm doesn't like something, the algorithm or the app or whatever, after a couple of weeks, you just stop doing it and you try something new. If it's something you're truly passionate about, though, that has a lot of driving force behind it and you don't care whether or not it gets views and likes, then keep doing it. Obviously, like there has to be a balance. Um, but I do think like the whole mindset and the whole, uh, that's what I'm looking for. I guess it's just a phrase that everyone uses, you know, like the algorithm's out to get me or blame the algorithm, whatever. I think all of that is just um counterproductive yeah it's just kind of like finding something to blame like I almost feel like when something doesn't perform well for me it's always the content like for some reason like the content just isn't doing well and recently I've been finding it's like my videos that are just one clip and they're like 10 seconds long and it's like I'm just like mouthing the words to something like I feel like I see those on my for you page all the time but like I never actually like I don't actually ever like those videos like I watch them but I never actually like engage with them or like them so I feel like for me that's what I've been seeing like people are not into this like just a one clip thing I feel like it needs to be a little bit more of like a fast-paced multiple clips thing at this point you see, and I think like, that's a good mindset where you look at something, this didn't do well. Okay, you analyzed why it didn't do well. Like, oh, I don't like consuming this. This is probably why. Like, that's the kind of mindset you need to have instead of like just finding a reason to, you know, get pissed. I Most people I've talked to that like, there's one friend I have and I love him to bits, but he's always blaming the algorithm. He's always saying that. And I had a conversation with him the other day. I'm like, you know, is there any way that this is possibly you like is there anything that you're doing that's not accommodating to the platform yeah. and it was like an immediate shutdown I'm like no the platform needs to do what I wanted to so I feel like that that's just god I want to say toxic but that's not right it's I mean it can be very toxic it can be very like um what's the word defeating you know like if you feel like it's out of your control like oh this platform nothing I do is enough like, oh, that's I, that yeah. just that just doesn't feel good so instead view it as an opportunity to try something new yeah. And I feel like I see it in a lot of, so I do like mentoring with photographers and I see a lot of photographers who are just like starting to build an Instagram page. They really want like reels to work for them. Mm-hmm. And like they, they post a reel every single day, but it's like, they're getting 50 views every single time. And they're just like really frustrated and defeated. And I understand that feeling of like, this isn't working for me. I'm frustrated. Like I'm putting in so much effort. But like at the end of the day, you really do just have to analyze it and think about like, maybe it's not an Instagram problem. It might not be like a you problem either. It's literally just like the technical aspects of video editing and like how trends work and stuff like that. Like it's not necessarily a you problem either. So like, don't take it personally. Like we have to, you have to be willing to like critique yourself and then like kind of shut down the ideas that don't do well. And then like, just keep producing those videos that get Dude. more views. Yeah. Like build on that feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's so true. And again, I think that's why having an objective opinion is so helpful. Yes. And then making sure that you're like consistently doing a mix of things. Like if you are going to be trying something new, make sure it's not the only new thing you're trying. So like if someone is posting reels every single day, but they're posting the same thing over and over and over again, they're not going to see, there's not, they're not going to have anything to compare their engagement to. So like there has to be a mix of stuff. Um, and I think the best way to like build off of, or the best way to figure out how to have diversity is to like base it off of the different areas of your business. One of those very obvious ones being you. So if you're constantly showing your work, you need to start showing you as well. Maybe if you're constantly showing your finished work, you need to start showing behind the scenes of your work. So like there's so many elements to the different parts of your business that you can share. Um, in, my, in my experience, the BTS is what does the best. So just keep trying stuff. Oh, I like that. That rhymed. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> You're like, I know. I uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Practiced all night. <laughs> oh, I love it. That was amazing. Um, let's talk about um, not reels. Let's talk about like <laughs> feed posts and stories. Okay. Um, so like, how are we feeling about feed posts and stories lately? What are some like strategies that you have seen work lately on Instagram with those? Every single account is different. So to talk about wedding photographers, feed posts work really well when you have an already engaged audience. So if you have an audience that isn't engaged, you're trying to do feed posts, no one's going to care. They're not probably not going to be shown because you're not going to get enough views. Um, but if you have an, an engaged audience and the easiest way to build that up is going to be through DMs and like responding to comments and stories and stuff. Okay. So if you notice feed engagement super low, get onto stories, just start posting stories throughout your day. Again, showing the BTS, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Sharing your thoughts, like genuinely just letting someone into, um, your life essentially and start re- replying to every comment you get. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know for the people listening to this and you included, I don't know if you guys like keep up with Adam of series updates and stuff about Instagram. He's like the head of Instagram, but, mm-hmm. um, over the last couple of months, Instagram has really sw- shift to prioritizing smaller creators that, uh, prioritize their audience. It's so, like for a very long time, there've been these huge creators, millions of followers, whatever, huge influencers that get tons of DMS. They don't respond to any of them. They don't really communicate with their audience at all. They're just kind of like put up on this pedestal and watched, right? And that's kind of the opposite of what people are wanting. People are wanting to engage. People are wanting to talk with these people that they're consuming content from. Um, so the same is true through stories. And that's exactly how you can kind of like break into that. So low feed, still post engagement, get more active on stories. Once you've got good engagement on stories, good engagement, even through reels, if you're going to be doing that, then you can get away with feed posts. Um, okay. And making sure that you kind of treat it like a portfolio. You know, don't put up images for the sake of just having images up there yeah unfortunately people won't like it yeah I've never ever this is horrible I've never thought of it that way like with the idea of like if you want engagement on your feed I feel like the feed posts are kind of like the end goal like that's like the Mm -hmm. OG what Instagram was for so if you want those to do well you have to start with like the smaller features like dms stories comments yeah and build up to like getting good engagement in the long run and if you're someone listening and you're like i literally don't have time to respond to dms or like comment on people's stuff then literally hire someone to do so yeah because it's gonna it's gonna pay off Mm-hmm. I think people like really, really underestimate the power of social media. So like thinking of someone to come in and answer a few messages, it's like, oh, that's kind of stupid. But like it makes su- it's your marketing. It makes such a huge difference. Think back to the time when like people were making blogs and getting made fun of for having little community sections on blogs. And now these blogs are getting sold for some millions of dollars. So like you have to just really prioritize these different platforms. And also remembering, and this is something that um, a lot of photographers I've talked to about this just don't even realize is that not everyone is going to find you through social media. So it's okay to prioritize your feed from like your profile standpoint instead of your, your like home page standpoint, meaning you don't care if it, if it pops up on someone's feed, all you care is that people are finding your profile and liking how the grid looks. So like if people are coming from wedding wire, Google, the knot, whatever, and they're going to check out your work, you can be more concerned with how the actual layout of your work appears at first glance and how it's appearing to people that already follow you. So like just keeping in mind that there's a good mix of like caring how much engagement you're getting versus treating it like portfolio, not really caring. So just find yeah. a healthy balance. Yeah, and then definitely. For anyone that can't respond to DMs and stuff, you can hire just like a community manager. And that's, it's like cheaper than a social media manager. They'll literally only do that. Um, yeah, do I take it off your plate? Make it easier. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like for feeds, like 
especially with photographers, it's really important not to lose sight of like, why do we have Instagram in the first place? And I do think at the end of the day, it's to book clients and what do clients see? It's that grid of photos. And like, that is a representation of your work. I think for other brands, it's not necessarily the case because we're, they're not selling photos. They're selling something else. But literally, we are selling the thing that Instagram wants us to post. So it's kind of like a little bit more pressure. But it does make a difference when you have a feed that looks like a photographer's feed versus someone that like just keeps like random reel covers on their feed. Like, no offense to anyone that does this, but like I have gone, <laughs> I have gone to photographers' pages and gone to their feeds and just seen a bunch of random reel covers of them talking. And I'm like, yeah, this is great, messy. but like, it, yeah, it's messy. I have no idea what your work looks like. So for someone that's just coming across your page, you're kind of like being counterproductive. You're getting people onto your page with reels, but then they're not going to want to hire you because your page doesn't actually like showcase what you can do. Absolutely. So I feel like you, you need to prioritize both. Honestly, like we've got to We've got to be like the best of both worlds. Yeah, you really do. You got to put on a lot of work to it. And this is also where like the benefit of that foundation I talked about earlier comes in. Because if you define what is important to you, let's say professionalism is one of those and artistic eye is another for photographers, then that's going to define what you put on your feet, right? So like these decisions that you might think are little really aren't in the scope of like a client's experience. And like even doing that, like going through a client's experience from start to finish, like creating these ideal client personas and really putting yourself into these shoes, like a lot of... Most wedding photographers I know are creative people, daydreamers. They love to think about new stuff. So use that to your power, to your advantage, and like really daydream what it would be like to be a bride that wants to book you or a mother of the bride or whoever is going to be booking you and go through the experience of finding your account through different ways. How is the experience of actually looking through your content? Is it super messy? Do people like the content they're seeing? Is it a good representation of your current work? Are the stories you're telling in captions worth reading? Does it really portray your personality? Are you showing yourself often enough? Like go through and really critique and then adapt. Um, and I think it's also wise to remember most entrepreneurs try to do everything themselves. You know, like it's very easy to think that like, oh, it's not that much time. I can do it quickly. Um, you will not believe like the weight that will be lifted off your shoulders. If you can just define what's important to you and what content you have available to share and what you're willing to make, define those three things and bring on someone to help you do it. You cannot imagine how much lighter you're, you'll feel knowing that's being taken care of. Um, yeah, I feel like I just went on a rant, but. No, that's good. All of that. <laughs> I 100% stand by everything I said. Thank you. <laughs> um, you mentioned captions. Um, yeah. And like very briefly, I just want to ask like, okay, because a lot of people come to me and they're like, what do I put in my captions? <laughs> yeah, like help me. And I'm just like, I feel like genuinely I would love to hear your thoughts on like Instagram captions and like do's and don'ts and kind of like what works and like just to help us out well okay I want to start by saying if you're doing social media yourself you only have so much energy so prioritize what's important if your images and getting engagement is most important then you probably don't need to worry about captions just keep it super simple now if you have the extra time or you're working with social media manager you want to give them direction use captions to help Instagram basically index your stuff. So it's, but you can add keywords in there. You can make sure that it's super well targeted towards the people that might be interested in whatever it is you're showing. So like, for example, let's say, give me a location, Cassidy, like the favorite spot you've filmed a wedding at. Um, I've never shot anything there, but let's say Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. Cool. So let's say Phoenix, Arizona, beautiful mountainscape, sunset wedding, Let's think of all the little keywords that might come to mind, right? So like the cactus, the mountains, the sunset, the colors, the red rocks. If you could 
make a story in the captions that includes those things. When Instagram sees, oh, here's a bride that's interacting with maybe getting a wedding in, or having a wedding in Phoenix. Oh, she really likes the sunset weddings. Oh, she really likes this venue in the mountains. Your post is going to get indexed as something she might be interested in. So now you have another, a higher chance of reaching someone that's actually interested in that specific kind of work. Um, keeping that in mind, it's, I find photographers, I don't know why this is the case. They're really, they're really bad at writing, not necessarily bad, but like, they really don't like it. I guess I should say like they dread captions. So what you can do is instead of trying to write, just talk. So like do like an audio message and then transcribe that and just correct any little errors. Usually I find that's more in tune with the actual voice of the photographer. And it feels a lot more natural than trying to sit there and like actually write something out. So you can definitely do that. Um, And if you're not overthinking captions, not putting in too much work, it can be super simple. It can be as simple as like putting a song that reminds you of the couples or a song lyric or putting the couple's name and when they were married or putting a a little bit like a little timeline of when you guys met, why you love them. Like it can be super simple. You can come up with a formula and stick to it every single time. Um, But if you have the time to put in keywords and stuff, you should definitely do it. Yeah, totally. I feel like too with photographers, like we think we need to like describe in detail the photos in the couple and I it's like no like you don't have to actually like be like this is so and so and here's where that like where they got married and why and all this like you know like it can be like putting on a show almost yes like Mm -hmm. it can be something that's just like about you and your day and like what happened like I feel like it depends on your account but like people do like little glimpses into like your voice and stuff and so like while it's great to talk about what you're posting you don't always need to talk about what's in the photo if you're like me the holidays are the happiest and the most hectic time of your year i always want to look super cute get dressed up but that can be really stressful so take some of that stress out of getting dressed for dinner parties office parties family events whatever this holiday season by trying Newly, a monthly clothing rental subscription. I've heard so much about Newly from so many different people and they have the cutest clothes. Every Newly subscription includes your choice of any six styles you want to rent each month. You get to choose whatever you want for whatever you have going on, it's totally up to you. You also get access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands. Like they have so many clothes on there, it's so amazing. They have everything from party dresses, premium denim, one of a kind vintage pieces, they have it all. They even stock styles in a range of sizes from petite to plus sizes. It's, it's amazing. Newly offers fast free shipping, returns, and professional cleaning, so there's no laundry for you to worry about when you send those items back to them. Newly also gives you the option to buy what you love, and sometimes it's all the way up to 70% off those styles. If you're a photographer listening to this, Newly is perfect if you're not sure what outfit to use for a shoot or want lots of options and want to send some back. Newly is perfect for that scenario. Newly is the perfect place to get all of your holiday outfits out of the way in one go. You get six items to choose from, the option to add on two bonus items. You get Friendsgiving, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, the holiday office party, Christmas, New Year's, and any other event that you have going on. You've got it covered with just one bag on Newly. Plus, they have something new this holiday season. You can gift one, two, or three months of Newly through the gifting platform Goody. Newly is flexible. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So literally, it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill some whatever on your shirt. If you just need to take a break after the holidays, your life needs to flex and Newly gets it. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get 20% off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code OSHOOT20. 
Just go to N-U-U-L-Y dot com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code OSHU at sign up to get 20% off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code OSHU. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Yeah, so I feel like with captions, you don't actually need to talk about what's in the photo. Like, it's okay if you just kind of show personality a little bit more and like... You don't limit yourself to just talking about the couple and stuff. Because that might get a little repetitive, too, if you are posting, like, mo- like that wedding multiple times on your feed. Like, that could be a really hard template to follow. So, yeah, I just feel like... 100%. Yeah. It can also be, so, like, a great opportunity. Captions could be, like, a great opportunity for self-reflection. Like, truly reflecting on why you like liked that couple. Why you're grateful that you got to work with them. Like, what you loved about it. Um, and like, speaking of strategies, you can really come up with a strategy on how you share an event. So like, let's say two days after you deliver the sneak peeks, you've got a certain, certain template you follow with a certain caption template. Two weeks after that, you have another template and you follow that for every single wedding. It just might relieve a little bit of the pressure of trying to come up with new stuff all the time as well. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Cause we're doing like previews all the time. Like I'm usually doing previews like within three days. So like, why not utilize that and post mm-hmm. the previews, you know, cause you already have the photos ready. Like. Yeah, absolutely. And that could be like, that can be a post that even just focuses around the fact that you do deliver previews like that can, it can kind of be like two birds, one stone when it's actually posting something and two, it's telling the people that's something you do. That's something you yeah. offer to your clients. Look at you. You're so smart. It's like you do this for a living. Whatever. <laughs> it's like it. Um, so last thing about Instagram and then we'll move on to mm-hmm. TikTok. Um, okay. With hashtags, because we're talking about captions. Mm-hmm. What what is a hashtag strategy like? Are we putting them in the captions, like the comments? What's in the, the caption, deal? okay. Caption, caption. Um, as far as like the amount of hashtags you use, cut. For the for a long time, I was so convinced that like three to five was the best amount, and now that I've been doing like fifteen to seventeen, it's been fantastic. So I don't think there is a right amount of captions. Just try different things. Um, what you do want to do is have a, a good mix of like really niche cap hashtags. Sorry, and really. Um, widely used one so like for example wedding photography is used so often so there's so much competition to actually rank for wedding photography but if you use related hashtags to that um you'll probably have more success so like i like to use a tool called iq hashtags literally just iq hashtags.com and you type in a big hashtag whatever comes to mind and it gives you related hashtags based off of how many posts they have so like something that has 200k posts is going to be far easier to rank for than something that has like two three million so just going through and choosing some that are not only applicable to the posts you're making, but that don't have tons of posts under them will show you some success. And like keeping in mind how hashtags actually work. So like if let's, let's see it from like the perspective of Instagram, if Instagram sees that someone on their Explorer page continues to re- interact with Arizona weddings, right? They're going to be showing them any sort of hashtag posts that relate to Arizona weddings because Instagram's goal is to keep people on the app as long as possible. So if they care about Arizona weddings, we're going to give them Arizona weddings. Mm -hmm. So they might do the hashtag AZ weddings. They might do uh, West weddings. They might do mountain weddings. They might show them any sort of related hashtag to that. So if you can index your posts under those related hashtags, you have more chances of showing up for that person, even if you don't use the Arizona hashtag. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It's so important. I feel like with hashtags to think about it from your potential (laughs) client's perspective. Like what Mm -hmm. things are they looking at? What hashtags are they looking at? And then doing those hashtags like. And keeping in mind that people are very rarely literally typing in a hashtag into the search bar and then going through the results. Like often they're interacting with photos that have a hashtag attached to it. 
And then Instagram sees they like this, let's show more of that. So it's not really like a conscious choice. So you're not only considering the client, but you're also considering Instagram in this case. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about TikTok now. Let's transition. Okay. Um, so I guess like for someone that's starting a TikTok account, um, or yeah, like wants to get started on TikTok, what are some strategies and things that you think would be helpful for someone that wants to grow? Mm, same strategy I mentioned earlier. So laying that foundation, once you're ready to start like actually creating content, I would go through the for you page and spend just a few days scrolling. So like scroll, pay attention to how different the content is there from it is on other social media platforms, especially if you don't have um, experience with TikTok. And then analyze the videos you watch like very closely. Videos follow a formula on TikTok and you can pretty much sift out immediately why something did well. So like go through and really analyze the different videos you're watching. Um, do you think it did well because it's using a sound you've heard a thousand times while you're scrolling? Do you think it did well because of the format? Do you think it did well because of what the person said? Like just, just really analyze those videos and then figure out how that can transfer over to your content. Um, and then just start making stuff. I, most wedding photographers, in my opinion, should stray away from like over curated content on TikTok. Um, you can kind of keep that onto Instagram and remembering that whole thing of you're almost like crafting a new service. So what is the service you're delivering through TikTok? Is it education for brides? Is it um, sharing your experience as a wedding photographer? Is it auditing your work? Like, what is it you're doing? What is the main thing you're doing? And then build off of that. Mm -hmm. I actually have seen a wedding photographer on TikTok who the idea of like creating a whole new like niche, like that's actually so valuable. And I really feel like this girl on TikTok, I don't even know what her username is, but she basically just like talks about what like what she's seen at weddings what she likes doesn't like why certain things function like literally just like everything under the sun that you can think of for like the actual wedding day and planning and all of that like she focuses on that and just shares her experiences does I don't think she's ever shared her photos but it's kind of a given that like when you come across an account like that you just naturally want to know okay but like are you good you know and then you go and look at them and then it's like of course. Yeah. And there's, there's this thing, God, I was literally just reading this book. Um, what's it called? I think it's called the 22 immutable laws of marketing or something. And one of the most important laws law four is the law of perception of how like people will perceive you to be a certain thing. If you just show the behind the scenes of that essentially. So like people are more worried about their perceptions and the reality, everything is subjective. So if you're going through and you're talking as an expert on social media, even if you're never showing your work, the perception is going to be, this person is an expert and that's exactly what you're building on with that application, then maybe the perception you're working on Instagram is different than the perception you're working on TikTok. And you can just kind of like mesh those two together. So just worrying about uh, making sure that people are perceiving the right thing and then build off of that. Mm -hmm. What do you think about like how many times to post on TikTok? Cause I think the number no is rule. different. <laughs> yeah. There's no rule. Just, just okay. do whatever feels right. Um, yeah. No rule. I feel like it's less demanding than Instagram like I'll go months without posting on TikTok and I'll come back and it's like if nothing happened so like I've never seen any sort of like um and I haven't seen that the algorithms hate me for any reason when I don't post so I think you should be fine to take a break and just do it as often as you want to right I also feel like TikTok is a little less like intense as Instagram there's a lot less pressure mm -hmm. it's a lot easier in my opinion I find to create stuff like I just feel like it's like so casual yeah like I don't need I don't get like one reel a day like I literally can do like four videos if I want and like they'll probably individually all like perform the same as normal 
it's I think it has a lot to do with like the way the algorithms work, like the way content is shown. Since it's not prioritized based off of who you follow, I think that makes it really easy to like get stuff out there and it actually do well. Um, and also the trends, like they basically just give you formats to follow and then you follow them and you get rewarded for it. So it's like such That's an true. easy platform to use. I love it. <laughs> honestly same i've noticed on your account you respond to comments all the time like you do talking videos where you respond to comments is that like one of your mm-hmm. strategies 100 percent. um yeah so like one of my core values is community so like i try to make sure to like actually answer questions before i expect anyone to since i do like education before i expect anyone to pay me to ask me questions and stuff i want them to be able to ask me questions and kind of get a feel for what that experience is like through social media um, I've also noticed it just encourages people to ask more questions, which is usually the kind of comments people will leave. Like with my content, it's not really like, um, people don't leave general comments just saying like, Oh, love this. Or, Oh, this is great. Not even really critiquing content. If people are going to comment, they're going to be questions. So like, if I don't answer those questions, eventually people are going to be like, eh, not worth leaving the comments. So mm-hmm. I try to encourage that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's really helpful. Like your page is very educational, but at the same time, like it's not like overly educational where I'm like, okay, like let's talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. here. Like, I feel like you, you do a good balance of answering questions, following trends. Like it's very clear that like you actually know what you're doing on social media. And so I think that's like a good thing to good have to know. As, as a social media <laughs> manager. You. Yeah. You're, I perceive you very well, basically. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so what are, if you like off the top of your head, think about some accounts on TikTok that you think are doing really well right now that you like, are there any examples of accounts that you're like, this person's doing this or this that I've noticed? The first thing I think of is girl boss town. I don't know if you follow her. She's like a PR strategist. Um, Okay. You definitely should look her up. So girl boss town, I'll send you her account after this, but basically she does like she does PR breakdowns for different celebrities and what she thinks they should do and the routes they should take. And oh. she really gives you like a behind the scenes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've She's great. I love her. Um, and the way she interacts with her audience as well, like she responds to comments frequently. And I like how she's just so like, you can tell when she's recording a video, she's just kind of letting her mind wander and she's like letting herself just say whatever. Um, and yeah, I really like her content. Um, who else? I mean, Duolingo from like a business perspective, a mm-hmm. corporate business perspective, Duolingo is doing so well. Sugar daddy, sugar daddy, no, scrub sponge daddy, daddy. <laughs> scrub daddy. There yes. we go. Scrub daddy. God, I love them. Sugar daddy. Um, let's see who else. There's that one photographer. She's the one that's like crazy big on Pinterest too. Who is she? She's like in New York. She does Pinterest, Instagram, and TikTok. She's like a queen on all three of them. Oh my gosh. Oh, what's her name? I need to know. Uh, yeah, I have her in my notes somewhere. I'll have to find her. But she she does fantastic stuff. I mean, she does some trendy stuff, but most of it is like real clips from her different events and then showing the photos. And it's just very like, it feels very nostalgic and it feels like you're almost like the bride or the groom watching that back and like experience every, experiencing everything for the first time. Like all the experience of watching her stuff is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's other accounts too, but those are the ones that comes to mind. Yeah, those are, those are good. Mm-hmm. I love... I, I'm so glad you said scrub daddy. I have had so many podcast episodes where I'm like, have you heard of scrub daddy? And they're like, no. And I'm like, but it is like the funniest accounts. And I feel like why it does well is because they literally just 
don't care. Like they will use audios that cuss. And I feel like a lot of brands avoid that because of a Mm -hmm. certain perspective or like, you know, like they don't want to be perceived a certain way. classes. Yes, exactly. Like they, they want to like not scare away certain people, but I feel like it's Mm -hmm. just like, it's just, TikTok is just lighthearted. And pay attention to your demographic. I mean, people who are going to get offended at you swearing are probably not on TikTok. So like, you probably don't have to worry about that as you would maybe on your website or Instagram Mm -hmm. or LinkedIn or whatever. Um, But yeah, like Ryanair, uh, Scrub Daddy, gosh, Dr. Miami, all, all those like more corporate type businesses that are on social media are very casual. Like they're really adapting to the platform. Again, like we were talking about the algorithm, instead of expecting the platform to adapt to you and just like showcase whatever it is you want. They're really adapting to what the people on the platform want, which is mm. casual, creative, funny, trendy content, which is so much more fun to make than just like rigid corporate stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is a random question that popped into my head, but like, how would you recommend someone like monetize TikTok and like actually like mm. make money off of it? Creator fund is probably a hit or miss depending on how many views you're getting. I mean, if you're getting a ton, a ton of views, it can be great, but I mean, the payment is so low. Um, redirecting my, the best experience I've had with TikTok is redirecting all of that traffic. So those warm leads over to Instagram. And then that's where I like really nurture and then turn into sales. So depending on what industry you're in, it can be as easy as having like a PDF you sell. It can be as easy as just collecting emails for a future launch. It can be promoting something you're constantly selling on Instagram. Um, I would suggest being very careful to not be salesy on TikTok. People can tell when you're making something with the intention of just selling to them. So like try to be as selfless as possible. And then if people are interested, have a place where they can land, which should be Instagram in this case. Okay. And then just make sure your message is very clear on Instagram as to what people need to do to either work for, with you or buy from you. Mm-hmm. I like that idea of pushing people to Instagram. Cause it's like, that's so true of like kind of the <laughs> order of like, for me becoming a fan of someone like, I start on TikTok and find them on TikTok usually. And then I feel like Instagram for me is a little bit more of a commitment. Like I can follow you on TikTok mm-hmm. and not think twice about it. Like I hit that plus button so easily. All the time. Yeah. But it, Instagram is a little bit closer to home for me. Like that's a little bit more of like, you know. You make a very good point. Yes. And this is considering like, oh God, this is the kind of stuff I love. Because this is exactly the client experience you need to consider. Like how long it takes someone to be committed enough to buy from you, Right. On TikTok, if someone follows you, the chances of them seeing every single video you post or even seeing you very frequently are slim to none. So you're not going to be front of mind and it's going to be very hard to warm them up to a sale. Mm -hmm. So really the only way you're going to get a sale directly from TikTok, in my opinion, if it's like a burst sale. So it's called bursting into the mind in marketing where it's like they see this thing. It's like, boom, get it right now. This is amazing. And then they immediately go buy it. There's no like warm up to the lead, right? Whereas for like a wedding photographer or anyone that sells like a really high ticket item or an item that needs some sort of emotional commitment, there has to be that emotional warm up. You can't do that on TikTok. So that's when you get people over to Instagram and you really nurture them. And that's why stories are so important and the community engagement and the actual posting frequently and like showing up on people's feeds authentically so they can connect with you. So like, yeah, just consider all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, the end. Thank Thumbs you. up. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Wow, that was so good. Okay, let's talk about social media managing now. Um, mm. So I'm just curious to know, like, what does your everyday look like as a social media manager? Like, just kind of walk oh me God. through what it's like. It's so different every day, especially right now, because um, I just hired my first employee. So, like, everything is just crazy at the moment. But usually it revolves around, like, client meetings, syncing up on strategy, doing market research and consumer research to figure out what people like about the product or service it is we're actually marketing 
Um, and then coming up with little campaigns. So essentially the way I structure social media is instead of just coming up with content to post indefinitely, we come up with what we're going to post for the next six to eight weeks. And then we stick to that for six to eight weeks, see what worked, what didn't work, and then adjust for the next campaign. So creating those campaigns um, and then executing them. I mean, that's all happening for different clients on a daily basis. So it's almost like I, I'm in these little parts of the business at any given point every single day. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of a lot of research, a lot of writing, a lot of ideation, um, and then project management really. So mapping out how things are going to get done. So here we have the next content for the six to eight weeks. What of that do we already have? What needs to be edited? What needs to be produced? How is that going to be produced? As a client produce it, do we, um, and then managing the team to get that done. How does it work then with trends? Like, I feel like you can't work that far in advance. Mm-mm. I mean, some clients, we just don't even bother doing trends. If a client does okay. like doing trends, then we'll just have text message threads. We're like, hey, quick, get on this, record it yourself and post it and you're done. Okay. Yeah, just quick. Okay. okay. That That's a good, thank you. I was just wondering, like, <laughs> it's like trends are so hard and I'm like, do these people uh-huh. really record stuff that far in advance? And like, Mm-mm. okay. I mean, they come and go in like three days. So there's no way you could do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, you could. It just would tank and not perform well. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you use to like keep track of everything that you do? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of like moving parts to what you do. So like what softwares yeah. and systems do you implement? Notion is my backbone. I mean, Notion is everything. Um I, yeah, I mean, pretty much that's the only thing I use now. I've tried using like CRMs and different project management systems and having like tons of different things for everything I need in my business. And it's just so confusing for me to have different systems for everything. So Notion, like databases, their pages for docs, like everything is just, yeah, Notion is my baby. I love it. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Mm -hmm. We love a one word (laughs) answer. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And for someone that wants to maybe get started in social media managing, um, how would you recommend someone get started in that? Hmm. It depends on what, what you're willing to invest first. If you're willing to invest time and not spend money, then just go online, type in social media manager into YouTube, Instagram, Google, and just observe. So like, what are people doing? What are they saying about it? What does it seem to include? And just write as many notes as possible, soak up information, and then just figure out your next steps based off of what you've learned. Next steps most likely are going to be, you know, forming your LLC, getting a social media platform for yourself, building out your services, and then just start marketing them. Um, if you're willing to invest money and not so much time, essentially from the beginning, then I would just, just start working with a coach, just get someone to get you started. There are a few like small courses that are just like intros to social media management that might be helpful. So you can start there. Um, but yeah, just getting a good feel for exactly the services you're offering, what needs to happen to make those, you know, succeed and then take it from there. And then keeping in mind that like social media managers don't have to be like strategists. So like what I do involves like a lot of strategy and involves like a lot of creative ideation and stuff. You can start being a social media manager that just does execution. So like some people literally just want someone to do posting for them, not really tell them what to post, but just, just to post. It's so like, you can start small and then build up once you've got some clients. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good, that's a good like ground point too. I feel like you don't have to start with like, um, it literally no, you're says, here. You're good. Yeah. It said it went away, but you're still here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got nervous. Um, okay. So what, what the heck was I even saying? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> Wait. Oh, that, that's a, that's a good, good like starting point. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I was just, yeah. okay. So I feel like that's <laughs> a really good place to start. Like if you just want to be a social media manager, like the basics mm-hmm. of like, I'm not even gonna 
strategize, I'm literally just going to post for you. And then you can yeah. kind of see like you, I feel like you learn as you go, you know, so you can start there and Absolutely. just kind of keep learning as you get more experience. There's no world in which you start with like basic management and don't learn a ton in your first few months. So like you might as well just start small and build off of that. And there is, I will say there's a lot of pressure that comes with like the strategizing. When you're coming up with campaigns, they have to be a lot more specific than when you're just like choosing random content to post. Um, it involves a lot of communication with the client, most of which falls on you to be like almost like the authority. Like you have to be able to come up with these ideas almost alone. So like it, it takes a lot of pressure. And if you're not used to the basics of social media management, it can be a bit much to try to do strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, literally, I think we have dropped and by we, I mean you, has dropped so <laughs> much good knowledge in this episode that I feel like I am just like ready to go change my TikTok strategies. Yeah. Oh. And take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before um, we peace out, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about like where they can find you, follow you, all mm-hmm. of that good stuff. <laughs> well, I'm not on TikTok, Instagram, or Pinterest, so I don't know where you'll find me, but that's no a joke, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, so TikTok, Instagram, by Mila Holmes on both of those platforms. Um, I mean, I, I think you can type in Mila on pretty much any of them, and you'll find me right away. And I'm mainly on TikTok. I really don't post much on my feed on Instagram. I'm all about stories and TikTok, so you can go find me there. Okay, perfect. Cool. Well, thanks again for coming on today's episode. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment or keep my sanity. The wisdom rushing in. So much clearer now. Getting a little bit hard.